Welcome, sports fan, to a voice unheard. I'm joined tonight by the legendary Brandon Davis. I'm Mitch Mays. How you feeling, Coach? How's everything going? It feels great to be back on air, especially with you, Brandon Davis. It took us a minute to get it right, but we're right now. We're going to be rolling. Yes, sir. We are now. You are now clocked in and locked in, which which your which your home. Which you are home for safe and or dangerous sports talk. Well, you could say that, Brandon. But let's get started right here, real quick. There's a couple topics I talk about right off the bat. Ready? One of them. Who is your Heisman Trophy winner for this year? Devontae Smith. Without a doubt, I agree with you 100%. Because he is the best player in college football right now. And that award was meant to be given to the best player in college football. And the depressing I don't think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. Go ahead. And the depressing thing about it, the best player in college football wasn't even the best player on his own team until about a month and change ago. Jalen Waddle's a better player than him and going to be a better pro than him. And once he got hurt, once he got hurt, all of a sudden, oh, you don't like how this 2020 model's working? Nick Saban. Yes, Saban. I'm not calling him coach. The only coach I recognize is coach. And Nick Saban pulls out a 2021 model, which is even more faster, stronger, more powerful, and deadlier than before. Yeah, and, and, and at my point, I have to say, I've been watching Devontae Smith for four years. Jay, Jay, Waddle is an excellent, excellent kick returner, receiver. He's a game changer. But with him going down, done, did nothing but highlight the skills of Devontae Smith. And, you know, he wasn't even talked about early on in the season as a Heisman Trophy candidate. But by far... I think he should be carrying a trophy with him when that's announced. Absolutely. Now he's a game changer. Oh, go ahead. No, no. No, I was just going to say he's probably going to be the most decorated Alabama receiver because Alabama just started doing this whole passing the ball thing. He he, he he's head. not the he's not the greatest. That still go that still goes to Quintarius Julio Jones. But He's absolutely going to be the he most decorated Alabama receiver of all time. But he wasn't featured as like uh, like Devontae Smith. Julio Jones back in his day, Alabama was a ground and pound, three yards of cloud of dust. They've really just caught up with the new style offense in the last two or three years. So, But having said that, Brandon Davis, going into this Monday matchup, Friday matchup, with Notre Dame, who are you giving an edge to? Do we have to say this out? Do we have to say this out loud? Do, I want you on record, Brandon Davis. You, 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 you really give Notre Dame a chance? Notre Dame, who has no business being in this, no business being in this thing. Notre Dame, who's only in here because of white privilege. Ooh, ooh, in what way, Mister? Brandon Limbaugh. Let's run run this back. 
Notre last time we watched Notre Dame, we watched Notre Dame lose 34 to 10 in a game that should have been a bigger blowout, but Clemson took their foot off the gas. Notre Dame has proven that they are a le- that they are a level or two levels below the top two. We're going to admit that they're I'll admit this is a two team this is a two team race and and Ohio State, and Ohio State University, Notre Dame, ATM, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina. Admittedly, we're talking about that. We're talking about the Gary Johnsons of 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 this of this race. We're talking about we're talking about a bunch well, of smaller third party candidates. None of them are close, but Notre Dame did not deserve that four spot. Well, you said Notre Dame didn't deserve that four spot. Then how do you explain Ohio State? being in there with only playing six games. College football has been catering to Ohio State pretty much this year, Brandon. I would like to hear your point of view. Because once again, college football decided college football decided this year that we are not we're not we're not about sport. This isn't education. This is flat out a capitalist enterprise. We don't care we don't care about these kids. We don't care about their health. We don't care about their safety. We don't care about actually, actually, you know, promoting the schools. We're here to get this money. So if you're so if you're here for the best football, you add ATM in Cincinnati. For the re- for the record, for people who are not in, who are not hip to voices unheard slash the shift change lexicon, ATM is what I refer to Texas A and M. Because when I was like a seven-year-old kid, I thought the team I thought the team was named ATM because that's what the, the helmet say, ATM. Uh, and also, what is an ATM? It's a machine that prints money. What is college football? A machine that prints money. So stop looking at these things for competitive reasons. Look at these things for capitalist reasons. So look at these things for a capitalist reason. And Ohio State University and Notre Dame are the, are your biggest brands, because if it was about foot, if it was about football, you're going you go one you go one Alabama, two Clemson, three ATM, four Cincinnati. But we decide. But the thing is, college football decided that flat out we're not here to worry about these kids. We're not here to worry about long term effects. We're here to get this. Mother, I can't say this word on Voices Unheard because coach doesn't want to hear everything. We're here to get this mother bleeping money. So you got the four biggest names. Well, well, let me explain. Well, let me explain for the people out there that you are a Cincinnati homer. Let me just say that first. That's why Cincinnati was in his top four. He knows and I know that Cincinnati does not belong in that top four because they haven't played how many anymore. how many teams in the top how, how many teams up, in the top twenty five how many teams in the top twenty five did and Ohio State University play? You keep bringing that up of of all these teams that were in the top twenty five or thirty, and none of them was not in the top ten. How many teams long. in how many top so? How many top 10 teams did Ohio State University beat? 
Well, I can tell you this. Their competition was a little bit better than the University of Cincinnati. Cincinnati can't continue. Indiana. They They played Indiana and Northwestern. Northwestern is flat out. Tulsa's better. Tulsa's better than Northwestern. Indiana was Indiana was surprisingly good, but also Ohio State. Ohio State didn't prove a point against Ohio State didn't prove a point against them. They didn't make it. They didn't make it look like they were head and shoulders above everybody else. But but Brandon Davis, you don't like it. To admit, it's fine to admit that you don't watch the you don't watch the retail you don't actually watch football. You look for the you look for the big names and you look at the brand names. If you look at statistical statistical analysis, the who are the number who are the top two defenses in college football? Number two, number one Georgia, number two Cincinnati. Who? who, Okay, but 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 you got to look at Cincinnati has far better resume. Than Ohio, than Ohio State. Brandon, quit being a homer and let me get my point in about this. Okay, you looking at you looking at stats, you looking at stats from the SEC and stats from the AAC. They're not even comparing. I'll say now. Run it now. Run it now. Run it back between now. I'm not worried about the. No, it's not. It ain't nothing about the SEC or the AAC because if you if you put ATM over Cincinnati. If you put ATM over Cincinnati, completely understandable. Ohio State, who played okay. five, Ohio State, who played five and a half games, as opposed to Cincinnati, who as opposed to Cincinnati, who played ten. Because remember, UCF top fifteen team at the time they at the time they played. Army, top, they played Army is a top, the season was just Army, top twenty team top twenty team at the time they're playing and is currently beating the crap and is currently. Misrepresented in the polls. Brandon, both of those teams were misrepresented in the polls. There's no way UFC was a top. No, why? Why? Why were they not? They not a top fifteen. Why are they not a top fifteen team? You simply because you don't watch. But having said that, we got to finish. We got to get the rest of it. Who are you picking between Clemson and Ohio State? I think I'm going. I think I'm going with Ohio State. I think I'm Ohio State. Why? I don't have like honestly, I don't have a great I don't have a great reason other than the fact is I think that right now this college college football in late December, because remember, normally bowl week bowl games come after you know three weeks off, two weeks off, you know, a chance to get extra practice, you know, a chance to what they call it. These teams but all these play last. But a lot of teams, Alabama usually Alabama usually gets three to four weeks off before the bowl game, and they play terrible. Every time they come out, they play terrible after three or four weeks off getting ready for the bowl games. But, you know, it affects them more than anybody. But Ohio State, they're going to be getting a lot of players back for this game. So you're not going to see the same team that you've seen against Northwestern when uh, Ohio State plays Clemson. You're going to see a much better team. So to me, that's but what as far as experience goes, I'm going with now that's one of those where I'm iffy I'm iffy on that because one of the one of the things that you one of the things that we haven't heard that we that we haven't heard from mainstream sports talk, one of the things that we haven't noticed, and one of those things that needs to be said on a voice unheard, 
a lot of these guys that come back from a lot of these guys that come back from COVID, those first couple games after those first couple games after coming back from COVID, they don't look like themselves. Cincinnati, who had over 70 players, who had over 70 players get, get COVID, what, three weeks of three weeks before that game? They didn't look they didn't look like themselves up. They didn't look like themselves. And, you and know Ohio, and Ohio State University and Ohio, and Ohio State University, as much as much hate, as much slander as I have for them, they were they looked down and they looked decimated due to the due to losing due to losing these guys to COVID. And these guys aren't back then. They're not the same. The They're not the same those first couple weeks back. But one of the things that you're not talking about is when Cincinnati was in COVID protocol. You never heard or read about that in the media. Cincinnati tried to keep that under wraps. Be, why? Because and, why? And, and w- which really they should have been fined for it because Cincinnati had a lot more players get sick this year, but they did wasn't reporting it or the media. This is absolutely. This is so absolute. This is absolutely. This is absolutely true. And this is another point that you won't that you that you won't hear on mainstream media sports talk. Luke Fickle had Luke Fickle has local media under his thumb, mostly because most local media is five foot five and they don't want to fight Luke Fickle. But whatever Luke Fickle says is all they print and all they do. But the problem, but the, the, the yeah. problem is the thing about the thing about it, when you do most of your when you do most of your recruiting locally, you you do most of your recruiting locally, and most of your players are local kids. What ends up being what ends up also being around the town? A lot of these local kids' mamas. So I didn't I didn't hear that insert play insert player here had COVID from you from UC. I heard that because I heard yeah, that well, because I, saw, I heard that because I saw his mama and family dollar with a hazmat suit on. Like, what's going on? Man, my boy. My son and his whole ass dorm room is in my is in my house because they're recuperating from COVID. That never made the news. And it I'm not and I'm not sure if it would have made this show if we had run if we had run an episode. Because that's one of those, it's the kids' business. It's their it's their decision whether to tell it or not to tell it. But they didn't, but they did not act, they did not accurately describe how badly hit they were by COVID protocol. They had like they had a solid seventy kids out of the what eighty five or ninety on the team on on the team personnel. Yeah, but you know, and and they did a good job of uh, keeping it out of media. But now that I got your fa- uh, your picks, you going with Alabama and Ohio State, so that's something I have to put up on the board. Ding! But now I want to touch on a couple topics that are All right, so we're, we're not going to talk about the only, we're not going to talk about the only bowl game for, for tomorrow well slash today you'll be listening to this today you're we're not going to talk about the only yeah, bowl game that matters about- the only game that's going to be competitive the only game the only game that we that we truly need to care about well and 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 let's talk about we will get back to this but i want to talk about a couple hot topics that are going around the country that has really been ignored by ESPN. A couple people like Fox, you know, they didn't really highlight it. I think who's that? Nick King. Oh, Nick. On oh, Fox Nick, Nick Wright, light skin dude. Be on it. Be on like Nick. Wright, great. Great. 
Great. I think Nick Wright, out of all of these people that's doing a sports talk show, Nick Wright really laid it out. But Booger McFarlane actually said this week that all black athletes or quarterbacks care about is their brand. Never once in these whole two years that Baker Mayfield was doing all these Geico commercials and all of this, did Booger McFarlane ever say anything about all he cares about is doing commercials or his brand? But you get one African-American that gets cut, a young quarterback that's been thrown to the wolves, that gets cut and thrown out there to try to turn a dogged franchise around in two years, Booger McFarlane cuts this young man down. Now, how many other players would have got cut after starting football games in the NFL? Not re- not regulated to a backup duty. He lost his freaking job. And I don't think the media is really giving it enough attention about how wrong this was. And it was dead wrong. You only got one week left in the NFL. See, you go from starter to not even on the team. How's that happen in the National Football League? You would think this young man kneeled for the National Anthem. But he just played bad. He played like a young quarterback, which is happening all through the NFL. Josh Rosen. I mean, I mean, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Rosen was cut. I mean. Yeah, no. Gardner Minshew's. Right. Yeah. Hey, now, Josh, Josh Rosen also got cut. Josh Rosen also got cut for no good reason. However. Ja, however, ja, the, the, sta- the staff team and general manager that cut that cut Josh Rosen, that of the Miami Dolphins, who if you who if you don't understand, is the uh, is the unofficial coach and unofficial GM staff of Sports of Voice Unheard and the Shift Change. If you don't if you don't know why, take a look take a look see at a picture of Miami's coaching staff and general management room. Well, but. I mean, that kind of threw me for a loop. I think a lot of people kept saying he's a young guy. And they treat him like he's a 15-year veteran. No, he's he was drafted by a franchise that was on his last leg, a franchise that was in turmoil, a franchise that was going nowhere. Then they bring in Ron Rivera, if I'm not mistaken, happens to be an Indian American and yet he finds a way to cut this guy with one week left in the National Football League. How's that happen? Hey, four four people four people trust and believe as you continue to listen to this, I'm normally the defender indefensible guy. Coach is really jumping out the window and trying to defend the, in, the defend the indefensible guy. So there's like, I'm sorry, there's no there's no good reason and no good way to actually defend Dwayne Haskins. Because let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. The problem is not that Dwayne Haskins didn't play very well. 
Because if you paid attention, if you paid attention to the Washington football team, team so, no a training team so camp, bad that the, a team so bad that they don't even deserve a name. Look at the quarterback room for look at the quarterback room over there at the over there at football team. Football team's number one football team's number one quarterback is Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a person that has one leg. Alex Smith, remember, is a person who has had 17 surgeries and they had to reattach his leg to his body. You would write flat out. Dwayne Haskins did not outplay a one-legged man. The second string quarterback is Taylor Heineke. Have you ever heard of Taylor Heineke? Exactly. Who is he? Who? And Dwayne Haskins was outplayed by Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke was he he played in, I know him because I know him because he played for one of the teams in the XFL with a black coach. He's not what I he's not what I call good, but he's he's not what I call good, but he he's a he's a passable quarterback. And quite frankly, Dwayne Haskins was not a passable quarterback. But he was the he was the best of a bunch of bad options, but the problem is the problem with Dwayne Haskins has nothing to do with on the with on the field stuff. What happened with what happened with Dwayne with Dwayne Haskins is Dwayne Haskins violated COVID protocol not once, not twice, but three times a dumbass. A week after a week after not playing too not playing too good in a game that could get football team to the playoffs. Against their own, against their own best wishes, and against what they've deserved, football team is on the verge of the playoffs. And where is old Dwayne Haskins? Dwayne Haskins is in a strip club where strippers be at. Which, quite frankly, ain't nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Voices unheard may not necessarily endorse strip clubs, but the shift change absolutely. We we endorse it. We endorse strip clubs. We you know we we bout that all. On- we support Does black he owned, have a life? black owned and Does independent businesses around these parts. But he was also Does he, he was pho- not only was he football? at the club, he was photographed at the club without a mask on. And you brought back Ron and you brought back and you mentioned Ron Riviera. You meant you mentioned Ron Riviera. And what else did we not mention about Ron Riviera right now? Ron Riviera is currently fighting cancer. To the point of Ron Riviera is getting cancer, is getting chemotherapy treatments at halftime of games, trying to keep trying to keep him alive. Yeah. So you're going to so you're going to expose a whole ass cancer patient to not on, to not only the not only the Rona, but also whatever whatever other type of petri dish that stripper fumes bring about. I can't defend that. Like I can't defend that. The people, I'm sorry, the pe- the people who are the people who are anti mask, 